Welcome everyone to episode 56, The Point of Pittsburgh, the podcast. I'm Kevin Cray. And I'm Steve DiMaselli. Steve, it's um, been an odd off-season. You see about every couple days someone puts a list around of, hey, we're three weeks away from spring training and here's a list of still available free agents. And usually at this time of year it's some real detritus and also runs, but uh, there's a lot of interesting guys still out there. Now, it's because a lot of those interesting guys are still flawed, but uh, the Pirates were able to make a move. And that's why we are together, because it has been a very slow off season to talk about the Pirates. Um, we did not record last week because it just would have been us talking nonsense. So here we are, back at it. And before we get into the big news, uh, I'm going to have to defer to you because I think I was kind of boring last week, but where'd you eat last week? So we actually went to the Birmingham Bridge Tavern this evening, which is what I'll actually go with. So I mm-hmm. I made it in and out of Southside in an evening alive. So to all of the people out there, the the yahoos that think that the Southside is tremendously dangerous and that if you just go down there, you're going to get stabbed, you're a moron. So, um, it was actually the second time I ate on Southside. The other time that I ate on Southside, and this is, you know, more akin to your cheese, you know, your cheesecake factory from, you know, two weeks ago. Um, I, we went to Cadoba and the reason why I bring up Cadoba is I don't understand where they all went. (laughs) Yeah. a, A team of scientists has been working around the clock to try to figure that out. Yeah, they were. We got out to Portland, and they were like plentiful. Like there were Cadobas. Like you know, every suburb had its own Cadoba. It was. It was. It was a magical place. Where I guess all of the all of the the Pittsburgh area Cadobas all moved to, uh, to to Portland. They just like migrated. It was like the the. It was like the the the, you know, Baltimore Colts. They just sort of packed up in the middle of the night and just moved all the Cadobas to to the West Coast, but. Um, I, you know, as far as, as far as like fast burritos go, I, I would honestly, I would put it up there with any of them, including Chipotle. In fact, I think it's, I, I think Adobe's superior to, to, uh, uh, to Chipotle, but there's only that one left on Southside, man. You gotta, if you want to, if you want Cadoba in Pittsburgh now, you got to work for it. I think I remember, if I remember this right, uh, Bridget and I did a competition. It was like a like a scavenger hunt where we had to run around the city like a bunch of idiots. This was about 15 years ago, back mm-hmm. when I still still ran. And um, she got like super overheated to the, fa- to the point like she was this weird shade of purple. And I remember taking her into Qdoba and I'm like, hey, just hang here. Don't die. I'm going to go get the car and we'll see what happens. Maybe I'll have to take you to a hospital. Uh, I think that's my only experience with the Southside Qdoba. Huh, that's interesting. Did she just like? Did yeah. she at least get her like some queso to hang out with, or did you just no? You know, she, just put her she in the was, booth. She she was super bad. Uh, she definitely had like heat stroke or heat wow. heat poisoning. Is that a thing? I, yeah, well, yeah, maybe, yeah, it was yeah, heat exhaustion, it, probably. Yeah, um, maybe. Yeah, we weren't we weren't married at the time, so if she like just kind of kicked it right there in the Qdoba, you know whatevs but well speaking yeah. of uh speaking yeah, so that's of a very little con- 
Speaking of very little concern for their significant other, let's talk about uh, <laughs> Eraldis Chapman. Wow, master of a segue. Oh, man. You should let that me do a... this more often. Oh, man, yeah. Uh, yeah, so here we go. Um, we got ourselves a situation here in the bullpen. Yeah, I kind of, I mean, I, I suggested signing him last off season. And that uh-huh. was that was in an off season where he was like a rebound candidate. Like this off mm-hmm. season, he's actually like rebounded, oh. and and he's legitimately he's, he's a world he's a World Series champ. He that is true. He he along with Austin Hedges are World <laughs> Series champions. Um, so I, I mean I, I think it's um I, I think it's a why like, this is a real serious departure from what they usually do. I mean he's legitimately one of the better relief pitchers on the market this season. Um, I mean, I think, I, I, I want to say that F4, he was at uh, 1.8 last year. Uh, and, and, and I mean, he started looking a lot more like the Chapman of old. I mean, he was he was back pumping it in there at like 90, 99 plus, um, you know. So, I mean, this is um, this is not an insignificant signing. Like, this is, this is a big big bold move i think by the pirates it is uh but is it the last bold move for the pirates now i want to talk about chapman in isolation but i want i want to just toss this out there accounting for all of their uh guys who've signed in arb and accounting for all the minimum salary right now the pirates payroll stands at 73 million uh on opening day which is exactly what it was on opening day 2023. That ain't good enough. No. Um, they got they got to spend some cash, you know, not to continue to put whip marks over this horse, but this is the year that I believe that they could legitimately be a playoff team. And they still got to do one, maybe two more moves. Um and not increasing the payroll is kind of a slap in the face to not just the long-suffering fans, but also to the players themselves. Yeah, and, and I mean, I don't think they're done yet by any stretch of the imagination. I think they still need another starting pitcher, and I think they still are actively looking for another starting pitcher. I don't mm-hmm. know if they're going to spend a ton more than they've already spent, though, already. I mean, I actually... I, I mean, obviously, they, they're they're kicking the tires on Noah Syndergaard um, and, and seeing what's there. And, and, like, they went and watched him pitch. Like, let's... People are, like, freaking out on Twitter about it. I mean, like, let's, let's let it play its course out. Just because you watch somebody pitch doesn't mean you're going to sign him. They they watched, you know, Yariel Rodriguez pitch and you know, they tried their best but didn't end up signing him, you know. So, um, you know, somebody maybe will outbid us for Noah Syndergaard. We can only hope. Um, I'm just kidding. But um <laughs> I I actually kind of think that if the Pirates do end up signing a free agent, though, it, it is going to be kind of a, a, a Syndergaard dumpster dive sort of like, you know, let's let's see what we can do. It's going to be an absolute reclamation project. Um, and I don't know. Um, I don't know if that's really 
what they need at this point. I still would love to see them add somebody that's got some, you know, I mean, Syndergaard's got middle of the rotation sort of upside, but it's it's a tremendous long shot that he returns there. Um, I'd like to see somebody that's, you know, got more than like a five to 6% chance of actually getting back to, to that level, you know, um, if they're going to go with a reclamation project, you know, um, I think that I do, I'm, I'm, I, but I'm, as far as cost controlled options, I do think that, I think it's, you know, I, this whole off season, you've kind of been the, they're going to trade for somebody, they're going to trade for somebody, they're going to trade for somebody in the rotation sort of. Uh, vibe. I, I mean, that's that's been your sort of, you know, mo. And I actually do kind of think that that's probably the direction the Pirates are going to go in. I, I think they'll probably sign maybe another bench bat for a couple million dollars. And I think that they're also going to to add, you know, somewhere between six and eight million to the rotation. And the only way that they're going to get something of substance for six to eight million is going to be through a trade. And and I don't think that that's all that crazy to think that that's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, so right now, like if this is it, um, and God forbid it is, it seems as if the pirates plan is okay. We got, we're trying to splash cash on, you know, the Rodriguez's and, uh, you know, some of the other, the, the walkers and, uh, you know, that, that type of level of talent, they turned us down, uh, went elsewhere. So we're going to splash cash on Chapman, and we're going to just try to shorten all the games. Um, we're going to pray that Contreras and Ortiz and Bailey Falters of the world can give us five innings, and then we're just going to turn it over in every you know non-Mitch Keller start, aside from possibly Martin Perez, and just make this a five-inning game. And then we're just going to try to lock it down with some combination of Dari Moretta as like a multi-inning guy, Colin Holderman, maybe a Ryan Barucki, you know, multi-inning bulk guy, and then go with two of the more dominant uh, options that most teams have, especially in the NL Central, uh, in Chapman and Bednar. And that could possibly be a strategy that they have. Uh, I really hope it's not. I really hope that they can go get someone intriguing that in a, in a trade that can give them a good six, seven type innings. Um, that's asking a lot, but that might be where their head's at right now. I, I think to, to sort of, um, to build on what you're saying though, too, I don't think it's crazy to think that they might end up in some piggybacking situations as well, too. There's enough, like, they've got enough interchangeable, you know, kind of mediocre five-type guys, um, you know, uh, that, that, you know, maybe if you can get three innings out of Quinn Priester and you can get three innings out of Bailey Falter— you know, that's, that's like, you know, that's like a quality start, you know what I mean? So I don't think it's crazy to think that maybe there's going to be a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of a piggyback that, that happens in this, uh, if they don't end up going and spending on somebody else. But again, I do think they're going to still invest in this rotation. I do think that the, 
I think that the five, the fifth spot in the rotation is going to be a chaos spot no matter what. I, I, but I would like to see them at least upgrade uh, the fourth position. Um, I, I mean, I don't think it's, but I don't think it's crazy to sort of lean on something weird until like one of the prospects turns up because, you know, at some point, you know, at some point, JP Brubaker's or JT Brubaker is going to get healthy. Um, Paul Skeens is going to be available. You know, one of Jones um, or Solomedo could come together um, and 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 join the rotation this season. And and I, I don't think it's crazy that if you give Ortiz Priester or um, Contreras another shot, that one of them's not going to like actually like step in and sort of seize the role and and really kind of latch on to a rotation spot. I think there's enough talent there that I don't think that that's crazy to think it's going to happen or could happen. Um, but that being said, I, I'd still like to see them. I'd still like to go see them, see them have a more, have a, a safer option in that top four to start the season. Yeah. You know, and, and one of the guys I, f- I failed to mention in the outset about the bullpen and he kind of brought it up when he's jarred a memory loose when he said about piggybacking is uh, Carmen Leginski. And, you know, he, he was drafted just like just about all pitchers are and brought up as a starter. Is there any scenario where you could see him being a, a multi-inning guy uh, since he's got pushed, he, you know, with Chapman here, he's got pushed down a peg on the, the bullpen chart? Because i got to think... It's Bednar one, Chapman one B, Holderman two, Moretta three, and then I gotta think that you know Lajinski's like the fourth fifth guy now in the bullpen, um, which is a pretty good problem to have. <laughs> oh, oh no, no, I'm I'm not saying it is a problem. I'm saying like, let's say you got Ortiz, who's like, all right, I can give you four, <laughs> you know, and right. then. Could you could you juice Majinski for for two and then now you get into the the, the big guns? I, I, I don't mean, know. Is that something? I think you could juice Holderman for two as well. Um, theoretically, I mean, I, I don't I don't think it's crazy to think that he could stretch out to two innings. I, I do put him more along the lines of of uh, on more with Moretta as sort of like the three B like, I think they're on the same level. I mean, um, so I, I think it could be, you know, <laughs> they could literally run out a bullpen where if they get four start, four innings from a start, they could go and, and, and run out like five setup guys and, and just finish the game off like that. Like they have enough depth that if everybody's healthy, you could go Mladzinski fifth inning, um, and get the W then, then Moretta in the, in the sixth, Holderman in the seventh, Chapman in the eighth, and then and then Bednar, Bednar in the ninth. I wouldn't be surprised if that happens at least once this season. But that's going to be really, oh, God, really, yeah. really taxing on the bullpen. Yeah, yeah, that's that's not a recipe for long term success. No, um, but maybe you can run the shuttle between Indianapolis and and Pittsburgh or even Altoona in Pittsburgh and, you know, bring a couple guys in, have a, have a couple guys go down for a little bit. I, I don't know. Um, and that's, 
I'm I'm okay with that happening. You know, you said once. I mean, that is a hundred percent going to happen this year. Uh, I could even see some scenario where that's like five to seven times this year that they kind of wow. do that exact scenario. Yeah, that's if things don't change, it sure. is a lot. Got to stay healthy but, for um, that to work. I mean, and don't get me wrong, I think you could put Perucky in there and not really sweat it either. Um, I, I mean, I think that we're we're envisioning these crazy scenarios where the bullpen makes up for the, 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 you know, one of the starters in the rotation. But I think that there's also other scenarios where, you know, the by adding Chapman, the Pirates significantly in, upgrade their options when it's the eighth inning and they're down a run to kind of keep the game close or the seventh inning and they're down a run. I mean, you know, you're going from like saving a guy like Holderman for, you know, you know, another start. And now all of a sudden you can throw him out there or you can throw Chapman out there. You know, um, I mean, this makes this depth in the bullpen also makes it a lot easier to, uh, to navigate like extra innings on the road as well too, you know, cause now it's like, all right, so fine. We don't use, we don't use Bednar. We save Bednar for the save, but at the same time, we're, we're putting Chapman out there. We're putting Holderman out there in the ninth. Like, it's not like we're putting out some like, you know, chump to, to, you know, uh, so we can avoid using, you know, um, you know, avoid using Bednar for the save. Like this is, you right. know, like you said, it's one A and one B at this point, you know, um, it, between the two of them. So like it, it, a lot of people have said, you know, I'm, I'm seeing like, well, who cares? They're not going to be good in the first few innings, but I, I, I could see this combination of bullpen keeping games close enough or giving them different options and in extra innings that all of a sudden, you know, it could be a plus two or three scenario. Like, I mean, how often are they going to be down one run in the eighth, you know, and how is that going to, I mean, like that's going to change things pretty often, you know, and, and put them in a better position pretty often. Um, you know, I mean, you could go, you could also, even in the seventh, they have enough, they have enough depth at this point that, you know, depending on how the previous games played out, they can put a pretty darn good relief pitcher to keep the game close and now give yourself three chances to catch up, you know, uh, rather than, uh, you know, with a one run deficit, then, you know, put out somebody that's going to get tanked and, you know, and, and isn't somebody that's reliable, that's, that's going to get jacked for three runs, you know, and, and now the game gets broken open. So, I mean, like that scenario is going to, that's going to lead to more wins. I mean, even if they're trailing even one or two runs, you know, the Pirates are going to be able to turn things around because this, this bullpen is going to be able to keep things close. So we kind of alluded to it. Um, and this isn't necessarily pirate specific, but there's a lot of free agents still out there. Um, and, you know, I'm just going to read some names here for you. Mm-hmm. Now, and starting pitchers. Okay. Blake Snell. No. Not going to happen. Jordan Montgomery. Probably not going to happen, but it's he's kind of hanging around, and he is 31. You know, he wants to get paid, but is someone going to just see him as like a flash in the pan or I'm not sure. Clayton Kershaw. I can't see him signing anywhere other than the Dodgers. Truly can't. Uh, plus he's kind of sort of cooked. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, and, and you know, they'll, 
they'll pay him $10 million. They'll pay him $10 million in 2057. So that's right. Yeah. Uh, Brandon Woodruff, uh, shoulder. He's, he's not, not yeah. pitching this year. Yeah. Julio Urias, uh, you know, we already got G1 Bay and yeah, we're, uh, we're working on a... uh, Zach Greinke is okay. just about right around your age, so um, you know, he's a little younger than I am. That's uh, not that much younger. He's not. I mean, uh, he's not a horrible option though. Like, I think people like acted like he was terrible last year, but like, I mean, he's a fine. Five. He's not going to bump up. He's not a reclamation situation, but he's going to give you. Yeah. He's going to eat innings for you. You know. I mean, there's there's still something to be said about that. I mean, you know, look at the Cardinals. What they spent on just guys that are legitimately going to eat innings for them. You know. So, I, like I said, I don't think Granky's. I, I wouldn't. I would not be disappointed if they signed Granky. I, I wouldn't either, to be honest. Um, so here I'm going to run a couple other names. Okay, Michael Lorenzen. It would be great with that. Yeah. Mike Clevenger. Why uh, not? <laughs> you know. What what could happen? He and he and Araldus would have stuff to talk about. Yeah. They can trade uh, they can trade secrets. Rich Hill, still just a couple years younger than me. So that's um you know. Would I go for a reunion? Sure. Why the hell not? Uh Corey Corey Kluber. You have That's any thoughts on that? One. I, I, you know, I haven't really looked into him that much. Um, I'd actually have to like look him up. I think right now before I could really give you a strong opinion on on what I think about him uh, as yeah. an option. Uh, Carlos Carrasco. This guy has more lives than Rasputin. Um, Alex Wood. Yeah, he's a likely. I think he's a very likely possibility. Like. He's, yeah, you want to you want to talk about it like a reclamation candidate mm-hmm. that I that I could get behind? It'd be Alex Wood, and way he's gonna be more cheap. than Syndergaard. He's yeah. gonna be like he's gonna be like six to eight. Yeah, and you're right. I mean, he's like like I said, he's like probably a twenty five percent chance that you reclaim him, you know, um, yeah. or or a thirty percent chance that you reclaim him. Um, you know, so I, I think that he's he's an interesting possibility. Well, I, w- I do want to talk a little bit more about Syndergaard at some point, but let's we'll run through the rest of the list. I, I got I got one intriguing name here. We don't have to keep going if you don't want. I mean, I no, can no, no. do this all night. All right, next on the list. Could you imagine this, both for the vibes and for his old teammate, Johnny Cueto? Oh man. I that's not yeah. who I thought you were going to go with. Um, uh-huh. Uh huh. Could you imagine him taking the bump at PNC Park and a John and a Quato chant erupts? A positive Quato chants. Yeah, a this positive time in, Quato chant. This time we've come full circle. Um, yeah. Now the only problem is, and this could be a slight problem, is that he sucks. Yeah, that I mean, that's that's kind of where I would draw the line. I mean, yeah. Um, the other name that I thought you were going to bring up was Jacob Junis, um, and I think he's an interesting possibility because he gives me um, Seth Lugo vibes this year as a guy that's hmm. going to probably go back into somebody's rotation after being in the the bullpen largely, um, and and I think that he, I like him in the sense that he's 
I, you know, I, I've always said that Bailey Falter is kind of the guy that's gonna that they're gonna ride in the fifth spot in the rotation. You know, kind of like the uh, the Phillies did last year to until you know Ranger Suarez got healthy uh, with Brubaker. But I mean, now maybe you still have Falter in that role for Brubaker, but now you know now Junis is the guy that you you ride until Skeens gets healthy, and, and he's already proven that he's he's a more than capable bullpen guy um you know and i again i think that he's well within their budget um in, in terms of what they they could spend but yeah jacob junis is a guy that i'm I'd, I'd be very very interested in certainly more so than johnny cueto yeah other um, than vibes all right i'm gonna i'm and gonna yucks clear and <laughs> i'm gonna clear the floor for you and, and if you want to wax philosophic on Noah Syndergaard. Uh, okay. Floor, floor is yours. So uh, there's just, really, there's kind of one point that I want to make, and, and it'll probably take me like 25 minutes to make it. But um, <laughs> the Pirates are pretty good at fixing fastballs. Um, now, are they going to get him back up to, not, you know, juicing it in there at, you know, 97 plus? You know, no, they're not going to do that. It's not going to happen. But I think they could probably help him add a little bit of velocity back. And I think that they can probably work on, you know, developing. I know he does have a sinker. He kind of brought back a cutter that he that he really hadn't thrown since his first year in the league, but he brought that back last year. So, I, I mean, maybe this, the Pirates are also pretty good at teaching the two-seamer. Like, maybe that's something that they sort of unlock. So, like, rather than, you know, you know get him totally away from his four-seamer and just on some like junk fastballs, like that seems like a very pirate sort of thing to do. Um, his slider is still very good, and again, that's a very pirate sort of pitch. So, like, I think that I think that the pirates could honestly sit him down and say, "Look, we can actually help you with all of these things." And actually, you know, we're never gonna you, you're not gonna get back to pre Tommy John you. And we're not going to be able to do that. But we can at least get you somewhere in the middle. And I think that they could do that. Um, you know, I, 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 I mean, I think most other teams, I would say, I wouldn't even give them a 5% chance of getting him back to kind of a middle-of-the-rotation person. But I think that based on the Pirates' strengths, I think that this is something that they could actually handle and maybe, you know, and get him back to some semblance of 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 decent you know so um and, and and ultimately he really wasn't that bad last year i mean next me not last year 2022 i mean last year you know i, I mean so so maybe he just had a stinker last season i mean again the one concern there is that he did lose velocity again last season so like he dropped from 94 to like 92 and a half if i recall correctly uh, on his aver- in terms of his average fastball. And there's like literally no separation between his fastball and his changeup right now. So it's a completely worthless pitch. Um, you know, so, but I, I again, I, I, I ended up giving a bonus point in there, but I, I do think the Pirates can help his fastball. And, and again, I, I'm not 100% sure that he's completely cooked, you know, but I'm almost sure he's completely cooked. You, you know, you... You got me thinking now about Jacob Junis. Uh, I'm glad you were paying he... attention to what I just said about Syndergaard. Oh, no, he sucks. I, I, I don't <laughs> yeah. 
you didn't give that a you, chance. No, but you got me really thinking about Jacob Junis. Uh, how is he still a free agent? I don't know, man. I maybe he's waiting for somebody to say, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna run you out as a starter." Like that might be what he wants is like some some confidence in a team that's gonna say, "Listen, we're backing you for this. Like you're gonna be more than just like a piggyback middle reliever type." Like we're not yeah. we're not just gonna put you out there during muck up time. We're actually gonna like try to legitimately to make you a fourth starter. And I think that that's a good selling point for the Pirates. Aside, you know, aside from the fact that yeah. they they probably should have another six seven million dollars to spend, which is about what I think he ought to get. Um, huh. You know, and, yeah. and that also might be what the problem is too. Is he might be getting offers in that six seven range, and he's holding out for nine ten. You know what I mean? Which mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, based on some of the like nonsensical numbers that some of these pitchers have gotten this season, I, I don't think that's that crazy, you know, but then, you know, the Pirates can be like, look what we gave Martin Perez. You think we're going to give you much more than that? You know, like um, he, he he's like the perfect example of how frozen this market is. Like, I can't believe it's, you know, January 24th and this guy with those numbers last year hasn't been scooped up by somebody. Yeah. You know, so that that tells me that he may have, uh, well, I don't want to say unrealistic expectations, but mm-hmm. he there's something going on because if you look at a lot of the the top relievers, uh, or you know, however you want to phrase it, most of the reliever free agents have been one year deals. You've only had a few multi year deals. Sure, um, probably the most. Uh, I don't want to say surprising, but maybe it's the Joe Jimenez three-year deal. Like, I don't know why that guy gets three years. Um, yeah. But speaking of guys that got the, huh? You got that much money? Did you see old uh, old friend Robert Stevenson just got paid yeah. cash cash money? Three-year, $33 million with the for Angels? A, for a half a season. I mean, a yeah. really good baseball. And, like, don't get me wrong, he was awesome, like, last year. I mean, he was yeah. really, really good after he left the Pirates. But, yep. uh, man, it is it is wild to That's think a, about what he's getting paid right now. You know, that it is, is insane. a lot of money. Like, yeah. if you want to give him one for 11, okay. But the Angels are like, you're our dude for the next three years. Yeah. yeah. Which is why the Angels suck. Which is part of the reason, yes. But, um, I mean, good for you, Mr. Stevenson. I'm glad you secured that bag, but holy cow, that's a lot of money. I think it's absolutely insane. Like, to me, Chapman's a better... I I still think Chapman's a better relief pitcher. I mean, at least the dude's got a track record. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I I, I don't know. I'm not convinced... Uh, you know, it's, they're going to figure Stevenson out at some point. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm just being cynical. But, I mean, you know, it, the guy did do pretty well for a stretch with the Pirates. His, the, the fall, or I mean, or towards the end of his, uh, his the, the first year with the team. But, man, was he, he was rough last year. So, um, but you can never have too many relief pitchers. That's, that's really what it kind of comes down to because they... They do love to flame out those relief pitchers. So, especially after signing three for 30 million, three years for 33 million. Yeah. 
I mean, you really got me thinking about Junis now. Like, I think he's a great pick. Say you give him two for 13, six and a half okay. million a year. You bring him in, you say, look, you're going to be right there for us as a starter, but we reserve the right to, you know, move you around, mm-hmm. give you some give you some bulk time. You know, everyone around you is getting one-year deals aside from, you know, Robert Stevenson. We're going to give you two years. We're going to give you a chance to start. Um, that that should, that could be a really good selling point. Give him an opt-out, too. So you can opt-out after the first year. Like, that's even oh, better. Man. Like, if he, ends yeah. up star- if he ends up starting for, for you know, three mm-hmm. quarters of the season, you know, like, and, 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 and he's solid in that number... Uh, you know, of, of starts, like he's going to opt out and, and, you know, sign a multi-year deal the following year. No problem at, at, you know, at eight figures uh, a season, you know? So, I mean, like give the guy an opportunity and then give him the chance to get out, but then give him some guaranteed if, in case he doesn't, you know, it's not like he's not going to be valuable in a bullpen, even if that's where he ends up next year. Like, He's going to be a, he's a really good sixth star. I mean, he's a class six starter, sixth starter, um, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and I mean, like he's, you know, if he's, if he's, you know, in the bullpen, he's doing just fine, you know? Um, yeah. I, I, I think he's a, I think he'd be a, I think he's very underrated and I'd love to see the pirates bring him in. So you mentioned something that the, you know, more of the top of the show about getting a bench bat. Um, what type of bench bat are you thinking? I mean, they pretty much have all these middle infielders to still sift mm-hmm. through. Are you thinking more of like a, a a four corners guy, like a guy that first first third left field right field? Yeah, maybe another maybe another outfield. They, they could they could probably use another uh, right handed outfielder. I feel like. Um, you know, but I, I I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they have. Maybe the guy I'm totally blanking on his name, but the 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 guy that they picked up earlier in the off season on a trade. Um, you know, the, Oliveras. Yeah, thank you. This year's Connor Joe. Uh, I mean, maybe he's maybe he's enough. Maybe that's what they ha- sort of have in mind. Um, you know, I, I'd love to see them get a a, a a glove first center fielder, a right handed glove first center fielder. That can almost be like the the center field closer, you know, um, and 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 also you know, spell um, Sawinski on on days where the uh, where there's a left handed pitcher. Uh, I, I think that would be I, I, to me that would be the ideal situation and 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 use of a bench spot. I, I think it could just make Sawinski so much better, and I think it could make the outfield defense that much better as well too. There was some talk. Uh, no, I don't know how deep of talk it was. It could have just been, you know, Twitter talk. But about Michael Michael Taylor. Yeah. Um. I I just never really saw that as a fit. Um. For the Pirates, I, I don't know. I I guess it's the bat that really scares me away. Um. But if you're talking, I just don't think he would be a bench guy you know i think he has dreams of of being a starter yeah i I think that that's what the that would be the rub of that convert that would be where that conversation ends he doesn't want to be the right side platoon 
he wants to be the guy that's going to go out there. And and he, I mean, I don't hate his bat. I mean, he, he strikes out a ton, um, but he hits home runs. So it's basically like, you know, uh, he's kind of the right-handed version. You don't really lose a ton of power and you add a lot of defense when you're facing a left-handed pitcher. I think he would do, I think he would be, he's got some pretty significant platoon splits. I think he would be served very well with that arrangement. But I, I agree with you. I don't think he's ready to take that. At this stage in his career, I don't think he's ready to take that. And I think he's also probably a little too expensive for the Pirates in that role. All right. Well, this is probably a good time for us to wrap it up. Uh, I'm Kevin Cray. And I'm Steve DiMaselli. Thanks for listening. Bye.